This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, I'm Olavanji. Hi, I'm Julie. Hi, Julie. We're we're so excited to have you here today. And for many reasons, you you're you're such an exciting person to talk to. I mean, before we hit record, we were just diving into the conversation. I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and Jen says, no, <laughs> we have to get started on this one. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. And we're talking about cycling. Which is which is an interesting topic. I'm hoping to learn a lot and and dive into your experience with with cycling. So uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, Julie. It's good to have this conversation with you. Well, thank you very much for in- inviting me, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So I do look forward to have a conversation with uh, with both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We heard you talking about different kinds of cycling. And there are, so I'll just uh, talk a, a bit about my personal experience and then I'll probably go a little bit broader. Um, I was very, I'm fortunate to live in a very cyclable city. Ottawa is uh, is a fairly friendly for cyclists and it seems like we're, um, the city keeps expanding all the cycle cyclable routes. So a lot of people commute to work on their bicycles. And um, I've done that for years. So that's how my, I guess, interest in cycling started. My kids were older, and it was possible for me just to get to work. And I initially, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so difficult. I have to pack all my bag at night, and I have to get on my bicycle, and I have to cycle for 45 or 50 minutes. What am I, crazy? Anyways, and then... um, before you know it, you know, I would start at the end of March and it was cold. And then you need layers. And then I'd get into April. It wasn't so bad. And then May. And then the beautiful weather would come and the birds are singing and the flowers are out. And Ottawa is the tulip capital after, you know, the Netherlands. So then I get to see all the tulips. And then I got into um, a way of life that I've noticed a lot more people were doing. So people were cycling into work. We all had our our bags and our way to do it. And then cycling seemed to expand from there. And then you start thinking, oh, well, I cycle every day back and forth, an hour here, an hour there. And um, then you start joining groups and then you start doing cycling events and then charity events where you will cycle 100 kilometers and raise funds for cancer research. And then that's that's how cycling that was that's been my cycling experience. But as I've cycled, I've noticed, too, um, I would not cycle um, all year because um, (laughs) I was thinking, oh, my gosh, if I take a fall in the winter, that's it for me. However, that I've noticed a lot of people in Ottawa wanted to cycle 
all year long. So that kind of um, with the advent of the fat bike, then, uh, you know, these, these bicycles that have very huge um, wheels, then people started cycling full time, like all year long. So that was interesting. And then from there, trails have been developed where we see people on their fight bikes everywhere now in the winter time. So it's a different kind of sport that's become popular. But I was noticing, and I was telling you, both uh, Jen and Ola Banji, about um, the pandemic. And it seemed that during the pandemic, more and more people took up cycling. And, more, and then electric bikes came out. And then more and more elderly people or older people um, have been enjoying cycling because of uh, these electric bikes. So it just seems like the cycling companies have taken advantage of this pandemic and then different bikes are created for different reasons. So you have your road bikes or your regular bikes. You have what they call a gravel bike that can go on the road and on some you know gravel or different terrain and then you have your fat bikes so you have a variety of bikes that uh, but more and more people seem to be enjoying it for a variety of reasons and it's um it's a very good way to keep your fitness level without exerting yourself you can if you want to but uh, i i did say that i hadn't cycled in many years but then i forgot about i had an e-bike an electric bike that I bought on a whim at the Pacific National Exhibition. They have those um, those big buildings where they have people selling everything. <laughs> and they, they were selling an electric bike, and I bought this electric bike, and we used it. But we live in the suburbs, and mm-hmm. it was very difficult. There, there weren't very good cycling paths, and it wasn't very good to get to work because our work was, uh, you know, so far away. My work now is about an hour by electric car, but it's but it's an hour away, and so mm-hmm. it was too hard to use a bike. And then somebody stole it. <laughs> oh, jeez! So uh, that was the end of my electric bike. <laughs> but but you're 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 making a very good point though here, Jen, because I think. There has to be a greater onus on cities to develop bicycle paths if they want to get people off the roads. And not everybody, you know, has the opportunity to buy an electric car. I guess in BC it's different. But, you know, you want people to be active. You want people to be fit. And it's a it's a very good way if you have an electric bike to be able to get to work. But I wouldn't, I think I would very, I would hesitate to cycle in if I didn't have the proper conditions, for example, if I didn't have the pathways to cycle in. Like I'm, I'm very seldom on city streets. I'm mostly mm. on bicycle paths. So then I don't fear cars coming behind me because when you, you don't have much protection as a cyclist. And if you look in Europe, there's a lot of bicycle-friendly cities. Um, my husband and my son were in Amsterdam at one point, and they were telling me, most people there cycle, and they were telling me of a, a garage for, for bicycles, and they said there were maybe 30,000 bicycles in this kind of bicycle garage. So we can often look to some European countries to get more, you know, I guess, information on how to improve our cycling. If you look at Montreal, it's also a very 
um, bike-friendly city, and they're encouraging. And I think numbers came out recently how since the pandemic, the, the number of cycling cyclists has risen tremendously, and now they have more cycling events. Uh, I think in New York, they have a cycling event called the, the Five Boroughs, where a lot of streets are closed, and it's opportunities for families, for anybody just to visit and take look, you know, look at New York City from a different point of view. So I think it's it's a very important mode of transportation. Um, you don't have to cycle far. You can you, you can have a bicycle and have a pannier in front of it and get some groceries. Make sure you lock it though. And um, I think it's 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 a a mentality change. And I think cities and and municipal like we've had a, an election municipal election in Ottawa recently in the past you know 10 days and it will be very interesting if this new mayor and city council keep pushing the boundaries to improve cycling and i think it's it's one way as i said earlier to stay healthy to move to involve children, because this morning on my walk, I mean, I saw a lot of kids on their bicycles, and I think this is great. And to reduce our, you know, greenhouse gases. It's an easy way for each of us to contribute, you know, even if it's a 10-minute cycle as opposed to a five-minute car ride, it makes a difference, yeah. What I've actually found with most of the personal actions that we take with climate change is that they're way healthier than, you know, than just going the other route, you know. And and I'm, I'm curious, because uh, in Copenhagen, there's an enormous number of bikes. They, they even have no car mm-hmm. days in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Like, the streets are so, uh, and I can't remember the article, but I'm, I'm going to try to paraphrase here. Mm-hmm. So they they said the air there is even different because there's not so much you know carbon coming out of cars and and the rest of that mm-hmm. and they have a general generally healthier population than than most countries um, even old people at at unbelievable ages still you know go ahead and mm-hmm. cycle and people do that going back and forth. Just if, if you could chime in a bit here, what are some of the health benefits of, of cycling and maybe some ones that you've also experienced? Oh, okay. For me, um, I think one of them is daily movement. Mm. So you're moving every day and it's, you, it's not as hard on your joints, for example, as running, because there's no pounding. Mm. It is harder on the neck because you're wearing a helmet. So the first couple of days you think, oh, okay, I have to get my (laughs) neck muscles. But a lot of people prepare for the cycling season if they're not, for example, uh, using a fat bike and Mm. and cycling 12 months Mm. during the year. A lot of people will prepare either having their own bicycles at home where you can get on a, a machine on a trainer or they'll take spinning classes. So there's a way to keep your body moving. But for me, the the biggest health benefit, and I'm talking personally, was it was an opportunity for me to clear my mind. Mm. So from, and it was, it was a nice change. So leaving home, leaving the kids going, they were going to school, all that stuff that happens at home. And I had like 55 minutes on my bike Mm. to get to work so I could transition Mm. And the same when I would leave work, 
I could leave work behind and I would transition back to my home life. Mm. But another thing too, I found very interesting was I would see people getting in their cars and I would see them stuck because morning rush hour, for example. And I was thinking, wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there faster than them. At least I'm not stuck. I'm not idling. I'm, I'm moving. And it's, it's yeah. a fairly gentle movement where you're just doing that. So I think emptying your mind, it's kind of almost mindfulness on your bicycle. I think stress level will drop down because you can leave stuff behind. And I'm sure um, you're developing different muscles that you would not use. You're not sitting at a desk. You're not mm. sitting in a car. So there's a lot of, um, and you have a tendency to, when you start feeling fitter, you're sleeping better. Yeah. Your diet changes mm -hmm. because you need that extra energy to keep going. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of benefits. And just the fact that you're not just sitting and, and waiting for the car ahead of you to move on. You know, you just kind of, so you're always moving. So for me that, but I'm sure you also would notice some health benefits from cycling. One, one thing I notice in where we are, and Vancouver is much more friendly cycling-wise than where I am out in the suburbs. They've got, uh, one thing I've noticed is they've got these bikes. Um, it's kind of like the Evo of bicycles. You can pick up a bike, un unlock it, tour around the city and leave it elsewhere mm -hmm. um, and lock it, you know, put it back into the system elsewhere. And they've got uh, a number of those stations set up and they did take away part of a lane of a bridge recently, which everyone freaked out about, but um, to put in bike lanes. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, that was a really good thing because if you were cycling downtown, of course you'd want to be in bicycle lanes. Mm. Um so, so they're doing that for tourist reasons, like in the big Stanley Park, you can get a bicycle and tour around. Um, in a lot of the tourist areas, you can, you can hop on a bicycle. Um, but it's the suburbs, you know, I can't even ride from my house to the little village here where the store is mm. without going on a super busy major road that has zero bike lanes and no shoulder. So mm -hmm. I, I'd have wow. to go on the sidewalk, which you're not allowed to. Mm. So it's, it's really difficult for those of us out in the in the suburbs to get anywhere unless you're using back roads and just taking your chances. So. And and that's a very interesting point that you've made, Wachi. Too, um, they do have the the bike sh shares like you, you do. I think it's called Bixie Bikes. They have that in Ottawa as well. They have that in Montreal where you just put a coin in and then. Um, you rent the bike and then you drop it off at a different location. So it's great. It's like those, um, oh, come on, what's the name? The, um, the trottinette in English is. Tricycles? Oh, no, no, no. You, you know. Um, oh, you know. Scooters. 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 Sorry. <laughs> so we, ha we, ha we have scooters in Ottawa too. And I think scooters are more dangerous mm. than bicycles because they get into the traffic and they go and I'm thinking, they don't have, you know, the same, I don't know, I'd, I'd be worried on a scooter. But the other thing too is people, if you're going to be cycling, you have to remember it's considered a car. So you have to really respect the rule of the road. Mm. And 
cars also have to remember that cyclists do exist. Like I've been in situations where mm. if I could have hit a car, I would have because they, they, they get so close to you mm. and you feel very unsafe. Mm. So I, I think that's something always to keep in mind is it's not a bad idea to refresh and to know what the, the rules of the road are. But the other point you've made about, and I think that's where citizens need to be involved. Mm. And I always think of climate change as a, a different, like a top down. Mm. So you're looking at your government, your major institutions, mm. whatever, to do something about climate change. Yeah. But I also think it's a bottom up where citizens, and in Ottawa, we do have groups of citizens that are involved and are fighting for rights for uh, to be able to cycle. And I think that's also very important. So I don't know what they would do in your situation, Jen, maybe your elected representatives would say, or a group of citizens would say, you know what, we're really interested. Is there a possibility to create a section or like a, a path on? Because you can do that. You can, they put posts and even on a major artery, there's still room for cyclists. But it's always, always mm. an uphill battle. It's always the car versus the bicycle and mm. the car. It's like, it's like um, mass development. It's mm. the developers versus the non, you know, the people that want to, to ensure that more people are within the city mm. core. So there's always like that fight between, you know, the cars and the bicycles. And sometimes the cars win, but it's, it, it's almost like the owners, you know, or... It's almost like citizens have to get together and say, wait a second, we want things to change. We want to be able to feel safe. We want to be able to cycle to the grocery store, to the corner store. But it's, again, it's a systemic change, and it's it's always an ongoing battle. However, as uh, Olamangi pointed out, in some European cities and countries, I mean, bikes rule. That's what should be, this This should be your title. <laughs> Bikes rule. Bikes Cyclists rule. That's yeah. an amazing title. So. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Cyclists rule. Yeah. Anyways, but um, there are a lot of benefits to cycling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you showed us a picture of, uh, of your city and it was the green path. Yeah, where uh, where I am actually, where I'm I'm not in Ottawa right now, but where I'm uh, staying in the uh, eastern townships in the province of Quebec, they have um, it's it's in French. Unfortunately, it's called circuit vélo, so it's all different cycle paths, and then they just show you different areas you can visit. Um, like where I was this morning, I was on a bicycle path, but I I was still it's still walkable. But if you could get, you can do 25 kilometers on this bicycle path and you're getting from one small city to another small city and then you, you, keep, you can keep going. And it's, it's, um, it's a very big thing in Quebec called La Route Verte. So it's all these cycle paths that are interconnected and you can uh, cycle for a long time. And I'm wondering if it's not part of the Trans-Canada um, oh, path, yeah. you know? how? Yeah. how so, yep. So I'm wondering if it's not part of that. Yeah, that would be interesting. We have a Fort to Fort trail that's part of that here in uh, Fort Langley, mm -hmm. not far from where I live. So Yeah. So if you uh, had a magic wand 
and could make something happen, <laughs> what's the first thing you would do? Oh, if I could, well, I'd eliminate all cars, yeah. all 18 wheelers. And I would, but that will never happen. I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult. Um, I don't know about, about both of you, but it seems like the pandemic is over. And um, we noticed during the pandemic, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it'd be interesting to see more, more people walking, more people on their bicycles and a lot less cars. And since it seems like we're kind of, you know, out, maybe out of the pandemic or it, it not as concerning as it used to be, people are getting their shots and whatnot, uh, more cars on the road. So then I was thinking, wow, this was great to live these two years where it was quieter, where there were a lot less cars. And I think that if I had a magic wand, that would be not that I want to go back to pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. but it would be just the consciousness level mm. of understanding the impact of driving everywhere mm. and uh, using less cars and, and having more alternatives to um, uh, for transportation. That's amazing. But I would never want to be prime minister and I would never want to run <laughs> mayor of any city. No, no. That's, that's, that's way too much work. It's much more fun to cycle. Mm, yeah. <laughs> however, I'll, I'll, however, I do have a little story. Mm. I was walking back home in the Gatineau Hills mm. and we have this beautiful park called the Gatineau Park and it's open to the public mm. and um, we all go. It was, it was a beautiful weekend. And I was walking on a long trail with my husband. And all of a sudden, it's a, it was a mixed trail where you can walk and then people will cycle on that trail. It was kind of a trail cycling. And then we just moved aside because we saw some cyclists coming. And we saw a woman and then a man and another woman. And then quite a few men, all dressed the same, further down. And then I was looking and I saw the cyclists and I thought, oh my gosh, it's our prime minister. Wow. So we saw our prime minister on uh, cycling on one of the paths in the Gatineau Hills. So I was, and then everybody was saying, wow, we all saw Justin. So that was, <laughs> so I mean, if our prime minister can cycle, can cycle, yeah. Everyone can. And our deputy prime minister, Ms. Freeland, is a runner. So, yeah. So those are good yeah. examples for, um, healthy lifestyles but we were quite quite surprised to see the prime minister cycling <laughs> yeah. you, you might you might actually make a great prime minister a little bit of hope <laughs> oh no i would not no 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 I'm, I'm quite happy with my life right now i'm quite happy with my cycling and and uh, what i'm doing no can you imagine and just watching them go by <laughs> yes and then thinking oh that's the prime minister and i believe that was his wife behind him wow. so that's yeah cool. that was pretty cool uh, yeah so, I mean, if we have that kind of model, right? So we're hoping that. Uh, as far as hope goes, one of the things I noticed around here, I, my little electric car is a very ancient one, and it doesn't go very far. It's a 2013, and it's a, a beat-up little hatchbacky thing that barely gets to where it's supposed to go before you have to plug it in and come back again. <laughs> so. But I'm very grateful for it. I'm very, very grateful for it. I can't turn the heat on because then I'll run the battery down. So I have to wear blankets oh, wow. <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> but so it's, it's not as uh, fancy as it sounds. But I did notice 
that you couldn't buy one uh, during the pandemic because an awful lot of people bought all of the available uh, we had bought ours secondhand mm -hmm. and uh, all of the secondhand ones were gone. And um, the people that could afford the, the Teslas and the fancier ones were waiting. So there was a big, um, there was a big um, uh, shortage, I guess, of the vehicles. And I don't know if that was supply chain. I don't know what that was, but we are noticing an awful lot more of them on the roads. So out here anyway. So, um, that's a hopeful thing to mm -hmm. me. Is and and I believe, Jen, that British Columbia and Quebec have subsidies that other provinces yes, do. Mm -hmm. do not have yet. And I, we're thinking that hopefully in Ontario that would happen, but it's not happening. So I think, I mean, elections are happening right now in, in the states, and there's. Um, messages everywhere, go and vote. And I think voting is, is very important. And even voting for municipal elections, it, it means that you're exercising your democratic right. And I think that's very important. And, and we're hoping that, you know, if, if more of us start speaking up and more of us are campaigning and more of us saying, wait a second, we do want to have more affordable EVs, you know, um, the governments will be listening to us. But I know that in, in British Columbia, the same when I, I, whenever I come to Quebec and I'm thinking, wow, every second car is, uh, is an EV and they have chargers everywhere now. So, and even homeowners, do you have a charger at home, Jim? Yes. Um, and there was a subsidy to put one into our home because we had to reconfigure our um, electrical panel because it's a very, it's like putting in a stove. It's, it's gotta be the 220. Um, plug-in. So we do have one in our home, but we had to, um, we, there was a subsidy for that because it's quite pricey to do that. But um, I am noticing that they're working on putting in an electric highway here so that you can get to some of the farther reaches of the province um, uh, and, and with an electric vehicle that you can, you know, you know where all the stops are. Um, and oh, that's where you great. Can, where you can use the and it's harder and harder to find a spot that's empty. Yeah. Which, which is frustrating and hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, but you know what? If every person commits to making one change, you know, I, I was um, reading at one point about idling and how many cars idle. And I couldn't, I could not find data, uh, of other countries. However, I found data um, with, I think it was the Department of Natural Resources in Canada. And they were saying that if all Canadians who drive, who have cars, idle less than three minutes a day in a year, that would be the equivalent of removing 320,000 cars, 320,000 cars off the road. So that's a lot of cars. And and now, of course, everywhere I go now, I'm noticing, geez, people are idling everywhere. So it's, um, for, for me, I think cycling raises a level of consciousness that you might not know initially. And I think every act action that you do is like you and your, although your car is older, it doesn't matter. You're, you're raising the level of consciousness. And I also think that, you're demonstrating by example that it's possible to do it. And I think that's that's where we need to see people, just, just more people 
choosing to act in certain ways. And I think that's what TCA is about, is about group of individuals that said, okay, now we all have an opportunity to do this together. Let's create together. And I'm amazed daily. And I can't write every time I read something that's amazing on the TCA, on the Carbon Almanac website, because I'd be writing all the time. I'd be saying to people, like I'm, I, I was looking at the Instagram page and I thought, oh my gosh, if they had that when my children were young, oh, it was, it's so beautiful and it breaks my heart. And I'm, I'm thinking we have to, you know, we have to leave a legacy and it's choosing what you do want to leave behind. But I just commend, and I want this to be public to all the people that have been working on the Carbon Almanac. It doesn't matter what they've been doing. I have been incredibly impressed and amazed. And I congratulate all of you. I think it's been wonderful. Yeah. Mm. And and now you've added your voice. Well, so. that's right. <laughs> I, I, my, my children tease me that I love to talk. So there you go. I have an audience of two. So it's perfect. Yeah. And as I said, it, 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 we we think that it has to be these big things, but it doesn't. Every little bit helps. Every time you sit or stop and say, oh, if I do this, it'll be better down the road. And we have a tendency to, to not think too far ahead. But if you say, oh, the gesture that I'm doing today or it will have an impact tomorrow and the day after. And I really like that, that Indigenous way of thinking of seven generations. And I think mm-hmm. that's very important. And I think it sometimes we do lead, that's the other positive thing about cycling, it slows down your life. So if you slow down a little bit, then you realize that everything that you do has an impact. And I think we don't have to do these big gestures, just commit to one or two things a day. And I think it will make a much better world. Thank you, Julie. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. And thank you to everybody who's been working on this. It's been, uh, it's been an amazing uh, journey. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of The Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again, as together we can change the world.